0: And welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Hey, everyone. I am Nancy, the Chief Flying Pig Wrangler. Welcome to today's podcast, Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly. I help entrepreneurs and business owners who know that they have to change their business in order to survive in today's environment, but they don't want to do it just to do something. They want to make it in a more sane, strategic, and systematic way and stop spinning their wheels. I know our guest today has some insight into that, and so grab your pens and papers and get started taking notes. It's going to be good. Are y'all ready? Welcome Professor Pete. (laughs) Nancy,
1: thank you so much for having me on the show and I'm grateful for your listeners' time as well.
0: a little bit about what it is you do and why we need to listen to what you have to say. I know there's some fantastic tidbits
1: in there. Sure, sure. Well, my day job, I've got a couple different things that I do. Um, I run an interior landscaping business out of the San Francisco Bay Area. That's the fourth largest in the area called Office Plants by Everything Grows. And I also uh, do a stress relief work. And the stress relief work came as about because uh, back in 2008, I had... perfect storm of stressful activities, you know, the ones that get you not only to be mentally, but emotionally overwhelmed. And, you know, I didn't do anything about it. And what ended up happening is, is I got uh, diagnosed with stress-induced diabetes, and I didn't listen to my body about what the stress was doing to it. And so what I did, like so many of us do, I continue to burn the candle at both ends for another 10 years, until I ended up in the emergency room with a severe case of diabetic ketoacidosis. The uh, doctors told me I was one hour from being comatose. And for those listeners who don't know what diabetic ketoacidosis is, in layman's terms, my body was eating itself alive because of my stress. And here's the crazy thing. So I got transferred to the ICU for the first time in my life after my ER visit. And on my second day in ICU, I was actually working for a medical device company. I spent most of my career in that industry. And my boss at that time, who knew I was in the, ho- in the hospital, sends me a text at about oh, six o'clock in the morning and says, you have a webinar you need to run at eight o'clock. What are you going to do about it? And what a surprise. I didn't have my work laptop with me in the ICU. So I'm grabbing my phone and I'm trying to reschedule this webinar with my phone. And the nurse on uh, staff at that point, they were checking my blood every hour. So she comes over and she checks my blood. And my numbers had come down. When I was first admitted, uh, my numbers were so high that the medical grade glucometer, could not read it. It just said high. So they estimated that I was eight to 10 times higher than I was supposed to be. And the numbers finally, after a couple of days, had come down into more reasonable. They were still high, but they were more reasonable. And she takes my blood and literally it was a 90 degree angle and my blood sugars just spiked right back up. And she says to me, you know, I'm pretty much a complete stranger. She says to me, You realize that's what put you in this hospital bed in the first place. And that was the epiphany moment that I needed to hear. You know, I had been told by several other people, and and I knew it in my body that I was overstressing myself, always putting my business, my job, my responsibilities ahead of my health. And if I continue to do that. I wouldn't be around much longer because really our health is so, so important because without it, boy, we can't really do anything else. And I always talk to people about, you know, if you really think that your health isn't that important, think about the last time that you were really sick, let's say with the flu or something like that. Did you feel like doing anything other than lying in bed? probably not. And when you can't do anything other than lie in bed, you're no good to your business. You're no good to your job. You're no good to the people that are important to you in your life. It's just, you don't have the energy. And so it's so critical to take care of yourself. And it's interesting because since I started doing that, I've seen that not only has my stress gone down. My glucose numbers as a diabetic has gone down. My weight has gone down and my energy level went way, way up. It was as if I discovered a fountain of youth. <laughs> and and the crazy thing about that is if you saw pictures of me back in 2008, and you look at pictures of me now, 13 years later, other than a little bit more gray hair, I actually look younger than I did 13 years ago. That's nuts.
0: Incredible, incredible. And and I understand completely because I'm a diabetic. I have, you know, all these. And for me, my body is really, really weird. It's when I take the medications for my diabetes, my sugars go up.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, they're they're exactly the opposite. My doctor the other day wanted me to start, because I take both insulin and tablets. Mm-hmm. And he said, while you're taking this one, they took me off metformin twice a day because it was making my stomach, I was having horrible stomach problems. I was all kinds of things. So they took me off one and they put me on glipizide. And he says, well, I think we're going to have to increase your level of glipizide." And I said, you do that and you're going to be sorry. And he says, "Now we're going to do it." They went, "Okay." First one I took of the increased level, my sugar went from 170 to 500.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's, isn't it interesting how our body body works? I, you know, I, I had metformin when I was first diagnosed. I, I could have just been taking placebo because it 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 had absolutely no effect whatsoever.
0: Well, the two Um, that I was taking did, but when they took me down to one, it quit and I'm going, (laughs) what do I do? Do I mess with higher glucose numbers or do I have a little bit of less pain in my stomach? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well,
1: it, and it's it. The sad thing about this is, is that our a lot, if not the majority, of uh, medical practices are taught to treat the symptoms instead of the source of the problem. So you know, as you're saying, oh, let's just increase the medication. So uh, the classic with diabetics is, okay, just up your insulin intake, and that's a real slippery slope because for me, uh, you know, it's, it's been 13 years, and I've become insulin resistant with insulin antibodies. And so what makes it much more challenging for to keep my numbers at bay with insulin is that sometimes the insulin that I take works right away because there's no effect with these antibodies. Sometimes the antibodies grab the insulin and don't let it absorb. And sometimes it just dumps it Later, without me, you know, without any rhyme or reason, and all of a sudden, boom, I go low. (laughs) So, and the problem is, is that guess what? I have this disease that I got to deal with for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, there's nobody in my family that has diabetes other than one cousin. That's the only one. No one else had diabetes and so it's not hereditary it was stress induced and you know the thing is is that if you if you look up chronic diseases they in most cases you'll see that stress isn't directly correlated with the chronic disease what the intermediary step is cellular inflammation. And the cellular inflammation in our bodies is runs rampant when we're dumping stress into our bodies, you know, mental, physical stress, whatever it happens to be. And then what happens is that if the cellular inflammation continues in your body unchecked because you're constantly stressed, that's when our body starts to break down and the weakest link is going to break. And that, you know, for me, it was my pancreas and I got diabetes. Others, it might be getting cancer or heart disease, et cetera. So it's really, really important to pay attention to your body and especially pay, if you can pay attention to your body early with the early signs because your body wants you to be well and it's gonna give you the warning signals. And if you don't listen, then it's gonna start breaking down.
0: Let's talk a little, cause you're absolutely, and I'm picturing myself over the years. I think my body would just fall into a middle, a million pieces if it weren't held together with stress tape <laughs> you know mm-hmm. yeah. and I've been there and I used to joke about the fact of oh I'm just gonna wait till the last minute to do things because that's when I get things done the best you know I'm, I'm gonna just chug it all out at the last minute why wait do things two weeks ahead of time when you can do it the best 15 minutes <laughs>
1: <laughs> under duress. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. But now now that I know how right you are, and I know how stupid that kind of thinking was, how do you get out of that kind of I mean, your your body at this point, I know mine is, it's just Molded into that whole how you live routine, Mm -hmm. you know. And and my husband says, "Will you quit it?" And and I've gotten so that I'll say things like, "Quit worrying about it," you know. And I I am religious, I am spiritual. I say, "Give it to God," all of that. But dang it, God, come on, (laughs) you know. (laughs) How do I quit worrying? How do I quit all of this stress? What do we do to get rid of it?
1: (laughs) Well, okay. So first and foremost, we want to know that there's good stress and bad stress. Okay. okay? So there's, because a lot of people tell me that, oh, I, you know, I I can't live without stress. Well, and in reality, some stress is actually good. It's it's called stress, And it's basically the stress that's involved with having, you know, let's say we're working on something that we have passion for, something that we enjoy we're doing a project or something for friends or family or an organization that we like to support and we have a deadline. Well, those kind of stressful things to get the something done on a deadline, those are actually going to be positive experiences. So, you don't have to worry as much about that. Where we, what we want to do is make sure that we try and minimize as much as possible the two types, two flavors I call it of bad stress. One is rumination, which is Looking back in the past and perhaps let's say we're guilty about doing something or not doing something, you know, the reality is if we're festering over something in the past, the best thing to do is to just take the positive learnings from that and do whatever you can to stop looking in the past because we can't change it. You know, we can't, can't control the past. We can't. So the other one is that anxiety, like you were talking about, where often we get anxious about something, some future event, and we're anxious about the outcome. And we continue to be anxious about it. And we start getting into the, oh my gosh, it's going to turn out terribly. You know how that is. That's our inner critic talking. And so when we Continue to send out that energy in the future, you know, about a future event, the outcome that may or may not happen, chances are we'll manifest a negative outcome if we continue to send that negative energy. And so, one of the things that's really, really effective from a mindset standpoint in a situation like that is to think about what would be the best outcome for that particular situation that you're worried about, What would be the absolute best outcome? And then look at kind of your timeline as to like, let's say you have to have a difficult conversation with someone or uh, maybe maybe a family member's having surgery or something like that. and you think about it, okay, when would that event be over, roughly, you know, day time? And then you imagine, 15 minutes after that time, and you imagine the best possible outcome of that. So let's say it was the person uh, that's close to you going into surgery and the doctor coming out and saying, hey, that person, everything went fantastic. They're on schedule to to recover and everything's going to be okay. And just imagine that. And that is, you know, it it takes literally a minute to do that. And it has this calming grounding effect. And that's something that's really, really helpful.
0: Because even though I've been doing some things lately that help me, it's still, I'm realizing it's still negative because I'll be looking at something I'm worried about and I'll say, well, what's the worst thing? that can happen. Mm-hmm. So, as long as I'm not dead, then I guess everything else is a positive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but by so, saying what's the worst worst thing that's going to happen, what are you bringing that negative energy in? I, I and
0: better rethink things.
1: <laughs> exactly. And the reality is, this is the crazy thing. Our bodies are made up of a lot of energy. And I know it might may sound woo-woo to some of the listeners, but the fact of the matter is, when we continuously fester in negative energy, we're going to attract back negative energy. However, if we, we think about positive energy, we're going to attract back positive energy. So in my book, I much, much rather attract the positive energy than the negative energy.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take what we're saying now and mm-hmm. put ourselves, in, and this is a situation that you have, you're a business, you're a very successful business owner. hmm For so many of us, and I mean, after I had my accident and wound up not being able to walk any longer, a a year and a half of surgeries and pain, there was nothing but negative going on in here. Then one day I just realized that that's no way to live. You got to get up. You got to get going. You got to do things. And so I turned a corner, but I could no longer work the way I worked prior to this accident. And all of the good energy, all of my positive thinking in the world was not going to get me up and walking again. I had to figure out new tools, new strategies. And yes, stress is a big part of it because you're constantly telling yourself, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing any longer. People, if they don't see me in the wheelchair, people don't realize there's anything wrong with me. They're just thinking I'm lazy, I'm whatever. So there's all this negative that is going on. How do we tell ourselves and actually get up and start being that thriving business that we had before we got sick.:
1: Well, in, in an example like you're giving, where you know it, it can be about all the things we can't do. What I like to say, you know, wh- whenever we're faced with a very stressful situation, our human nature is usually defaults to worrying about all aspects of that situation. And the reality is, we can only affect change or control, certain aspects of that situation. And so the first step in this is to think about okay, what is the situation that has been given to me? And l- let me uh, let me take one like covid cuz that's on a lot of people's minds. And when we think about all the stressors that covid has caused, worrying about all the things that we can't control is wasted energy. So we're, you know, things like the government response to COVID. Shoot, you can't even control whether or not a person next to you is wearing a mask or social distancing, whatever. You have no control over that. So worrying about that is wasted energy because you cannot affect change. You can't control it. But what can you control? Okay, well, you can get vaccinated if you believe in that. You can... Wash your hands frequently. You can stay six feet away from somebody. You you know taking your own actions, things like your mindset towards it, not taking the negative, the fear fear sensation, but thinking, okay, you know what, I'm I'm alive. I'm you know I'm doing okay. Think of the positive. So what you do is you list out things you can control like that. List out things you can't control, like government responses and other people. And then as much as you can, focus as much energy as you can and attention on what you can control. Because when we feel like we're in control, when we feel like we can affect change, what happens is our stress goes way, way down. So that's the first step in doing that is when when you feel like you're just wallowing in it, release some of that negative baggage by letting go of what you can't control because you can worry about it, but you're going to waste a lot of energy. You know, that because would be- step- you
0: can do about it. You, you can't do anything
1: about it. about it. It's sort of like what we were talking about earlier about ruminating about the past. You can't change the past. So why are you going to continue festering in that? That's That would be step one. And then step two is what I would do is, so let's say, you know, trying to get the business back uh, in order. Obviously you want to set, having the business- Most people, if they're running their own business, they had a dream. They had a dream. And the reality is our brains are not wired to chase a dream. (laughs) What our brains are wired to do is to chase goals. And so what I always suggest to people is if you're having trouble reaching a particular, if you're not happy about where your business is, or, you know, you're, you're struggling to get it back on, uh, you know, running properly, you got to set yourself a goal and make that a realistic goal, whatever that happens to be sometime out in the future, uh, for your listeners who are, uh, understand smart goals. I like to use smart goals, which basically just say that they're specific and they're measurable and they have a time you know, a a time point. And so you can imagine that a SMART goal is basically your dream with a deadline. That is really what it is. And if you do these milestones and then what you do is similar to the anxiety we talked about earlier, a great thing is to visualize Um, You know, so, so let's say you have, you've set a goal and you've set a goal for three months from now, you visualize after setting that goal, you have a visualization exercise where you visualize knowing what is the last thing that has to happen for you to know that you've reached that goal. So maybe it's, oh, I want to have a six figure or seven figure business, or maybe it's, uh, I want to get a new office or, uh, you know, I want to... Get x number of customers. You know whatever it happens to be. Uh, Maybe it's I need to build the website, or you know, you know, it it could be pretty much anything. You you figure out what is the very last thing that has to happen for you to know that oh yeah I hit that goal. So let's you know like the website. The last thing that has to happen is the website goes live. And then what I what I suggest is once you know what is that last thing, then you take in. All of your senses about what it's going to feel like, what's it going to look like? Maybe what's it going to, what are you going to hear that indicates you've hit that goal and that satisfaction that you have, that you've reached a milestone. And you just let that sit in because once you set the goal and you engage your senses in it, it becomes more real.
0: Love it. I love it. That gives me goosebumps. (laughs) I'm, I'm hearing the cheers with my 500,000 <laughs> downloads.
1: <laughs> well, it is. It's it, it really is. You know, it's amazing. And visualization is a very, very powerful tool that we can do. It yeah. really and, is.
0: And in fact, I'm sitting here looking at my vision board right now. You mm-hmm. know, And it's like, I used to think, oh, come on. But they've worked. I've had them now for years. And you sit there and you look at it and you picture what, those things. Like I, one says, do your actions meet your goals? That's one of the, one of the things, um, another one says 500,000 downloads. So I'm working (laughs) darn hard to get those podcasts up there.
1: That's exactly it.
0: But you stop and you think these are doable, you know, and you can sort of, you can control these things to a certain extent, I can get out so many podcasts, you know, that eventually there's going to be that many downloads. And I do I feel like, wow, you know, you can just my my shoulders have been like this. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Oh, that feels so nice.
1: Mm-hmm. It's that weight list lifted off of us. Because the thing is, is that we, we it's too easy for all of us to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. But if we can think of it in a different way and remove some of that weight, oh, it's, it's such a relief. It really is.
0: I absolutely love it. I think it's wonderful. So for a person who is saying to themselves, okay, I've got this business. I really want it to be, it, it was at one time it was successful. I really want it to be successful again. What besides creating a way to relieve stress. Do you have any tools that you use regularly to help you when we're looking at maybe your sugar's really high mm-hmm. And you know you you know that you've got something that you've got to do for your business. Mm-hmm. but you don't feel up to doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you do? So there's a couple things that I, I tap into. One is I tap into my network. My network of close confidence. You know, there's I've been in masterminds before that you can bring an issue to the group and they'll give you recommendations. But another one that I've used in the past with great success is if you feel like you have too the too much to do, if you can figure out what are the mundane tasks of those things, you can get very inexpensively, you can get a VA, a virtual assistant to help you with a lot of that. So maybe it's, you know, that you need somebody to just manage your social media. Or uh, you have you know you want somebody to 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 reach out to potential prospects who've inquired on your website or something like that things that you know you don't necessarily need to do yourself and they take time I know a lot of uh, podcasters who actually they outsource to VAs the editing of their, of their podcast, uh, finding guests for their podcast. There's a lot of things there that can be outsourced at a relatively inexpensive way. And what you have to think about is that time is money. And when you spend a lot of your time on mundane tasks, tasks that really don't add a lot of value, but need to get done... Is that taking away from the higher level thinking, the higher level work that can make an impact on your business to get it to the next level that you do need to focus on? That's how you have to realize that, okay, then yeah, I got to pay for a VA, but the value that, I, that you get from a good VA can be enormous, Compared to continuing to work, 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 because you've got all these mundane tasks that need to get done, uh, you know, just from a day-to-day business.
0: And that brings us right back around to (laughs) stress again. Exactly,
1: exactly, because it's ridiculous. And you know, the, the 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 reality is, you know, for me, one of the great things that that I do now, a great thing for me, at least, it works wonderfully for me, is I use my calendar religiously. I really do. And so if I have a project that I need to do that's I need to give some thinking to, I block time in my calendar just like it was an appointment and I treat it like it's an appointment appointment. So, you know, if if you have a, an appointment on the calendar with a customer, you're not going to blow that off. At least I hope you don't blow that off. Well, the same thing comes with a project that you have to do. I'm not going to, you know, if, if that comes up, it's like, I got to get that done. So it's in my calendar. It's going to get done. And so those are kind of, ha- that's a great habit that I use that helps me to stay productive because if it's in my calendar, it's got a priority.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way. And for me, one of my biggest stresses is that I forget My short-term memory is not good any longer with all the different things that I have. So everything goes into my calendar. It's on my computer, it's on my phone, it's on my desktop, it's all this. But I take it a step further because I don't want to miss an appointment because of my stupid brain. (laughs) I plug it into my Alexa. Oh! 15 minutes before I have like a podcast interview or something like that. She's yelling at me. Like, <laughs> Get ready for your meeting. <laughs> that's a
1: great. That's a great idea. Yeah, I. For me, my calendar and my phone are synced, mm-hmm. so my phone pings me you know, 15 minutes, a half an hour before as a reminder that I got, you know, I've got this thing coming up. So it works. It really does work. And it's funny because the only times that that I have missed appointments when I started using my calendar religiously, and it's only happened twice, both times it was because the invite never got to my calendar. It was one of these things where you know I'm talking to somebody, oh, can you do, can you make this time work? Sure. And I said, go ahead and send me an invite. (laughs) I never got an invite. (laughs) So it never went into the calendar. And then all of a sudden something else there, or I'll get an email. I remember both times I got an email on both of them and they said, hey, are you going to be joining? And I'm thinking- joining what yeah you know, exactly. and it was like,
0: well and and i've had that happen sort of kind of too i'll constantly get when i'm talking to people i'll constantly get well here's my calendar link please make you know please register for something uh-huh. well when i do that it does not necessarily go into my calendar oh
1: because so, you, don't, you don't you don't get an email from them not uh, always with, oh yeah not so that's happened. Always. That was one of the ones that happened to me too. And so
0: I always say, if you don't mind, please understand that I have no short-term memory. And the best way to make sure that this meeting takes place is for you to book on my calendar. And so Uh then I send them the link to my calendar because I know Mm -hmm. it's going to get on there then.
1: Good idea. Good idea. Yep.
0: And hopefully, because I've explained it, you know, I I had some people in the past say, "Well, what's wrong with mine?" But I try to explain it so that you know, because I want to make sure this is an important meeting. I want to make sure that we do get it synced up. Is if you could please just use my calendar, it would Mm -hmm. be a whole lot easier. Yeah, and seems to work. It
1: it does, and you know, especially like with podcasts, because I have my own podcast, "The Winning of Business and Life," and. I use the system as well, because not only does it go on my calendar, as you said, and they get an invite so they can automatically put it into their calendar, but then they get a couple of reminders mm-hmm. as well. So that helps them. And if they, you know, if they have it in their calendar and they need to reschedule, the link is in that calendar invite. And they, so it's self-service and it works for everybody. So I, you know, I totally get that.
0: But believe it or not our time is up I can't believe oh. how fast this has gone this has been <laughs> a really I thought eh, I don't want to get rid of my stress <laughs> before we talk <laughs> I like my stress it's my friend <laughs> it
1: well as not, long as it's, it's as not. long as it's good stress, as long as it's good stress that's the key <laughs> but
0: I'm so glad we had this conversation if there were one thing that we haven't talked about that you really feel it's important to share, what would that be?
1: Well, I would just try and uh, make the point to your listeners that trading your health for your career or other responsibilities is a very bad trade. So beautiful. leave it with that.
0: That's a wonderful way to end. Guys, to wrap things up, Often after a podcast, people want to know more about some of the things that we've been talking about and all of the information on Professor P will be in the show notes. If you want to know some of the things that we do at Business Success Unlimited, we can hop on a Zoom call. My information is in the contact notes as well, or you can email me at at nancybeckerbiz.com. If you like what you've heard here, just send us a message. Let us know that we're doing a good job. And also let me know what kinds of topics you'd like to hear going forward. Until then, guys, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye.